Hallelujah. Sister Delaney, would you play with me just for a little bit? Just for a little bit. Just for a little bit. Thank you, praise team. God bless you today. Let's may stand for just a, just a few moments here. Let's turn to 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 1 through 3. We're going to read that. We're, we're kind of in our series before we get to uh, Resurrection Sunday. And I've just been keenly listening to the Lord as, as He deposits messages in my spirit. And so let's be in 2 Thessalonians today. 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 1 through 3. 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 1 through 3. If you have it, say amen. Amen. Finally, brethren, God's people, pray for us. How many could use some prayer today? Pray for us. Pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. I love verse number three. This is this is this may be one of leap about one a.m. this morning. The book says, "But the Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. Who shall establish you and keep you from evil?" Let's bow our heads and our hearts. You pray for me, and I'll pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you. We ask right now that the word of God would leap off the page and into our hearts and our spirits today, Father. We know that the word does not return void. Lord, we're praying today. We know that it's fallen on good ground and good soil today. Lord, let us take allow the word to take root in our hearts and our spirits today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you've done, all that you're going to do in this service. We're thankful, Lord, for the praise session. We're thankful today, God, that... We have the freedom right here at Gospel Lighthouse to lift up your name in spirit and in truth. We're thankful today for the message that you've deposited. Father, I pray that you would increase and I would decrease. And everybody in the church body said, amen. Thank you, Sister Delaney. God bless you. What a wonderful job again. Uh, I titled the message today, The God Who is Faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, my God is faithful. Come on, look at him and, and say it until you believe they mean it. My God is faithful. Come on, look at somebody else right in the eyeballs, right in those big blues or big browns and say, my God is faithful. He's faithful. Yes, he is. He's, he's faithful. He's faithful to it. Can we give the Lord a good hand of praise today? He, he is faithful. Hallelujah. This letter to... The Thessalonican church was pinned by, we know, by the Apostle Paul. Was pinned to the church. They were experiencing great spiritual growth. Things were happening. God was depositing some things in their spirit and in their life. They were a giving church. This church was very much giving. They were a loving church. They were active in the community. They was active around. There wasn't a large church, but they were active in what God was going. How many knows God doesn't care a single bit about number, he cares about what we do in our in our midst here, what we're doing for the kingdom of God. Doesn't matter how big we are, uh, God uh, wraps up small packages and he places them in communities like Northeast to be a blessing. So this church in Thessalonica was active. They were reaching out, they were hungry for God. God was moving in their midst and they were growing, not just numerically, but they were growing spiritually. How many knows that's important? 
that we would grow, that we would not just come to church every single week and, and receive and stay stagnant where we are, but how many knows we need to grow in our walk with God? We need to grow into our relationship with Jesus Christ. So, however, though, this church is also a church that's in trouble. The church in Thessalonica, they were in trouble. The Thessalonians were suffering under persecution from without, and they were suffering and feeling the pressure from those that are within. You read that in chapter number 1, verses 5 and 6. The pagans around them wanted to see the church destroyed. How many knows there is the works of devil always in our midst, always trying to steal, kill, and destroy what God's trying to build up? The unruly members of the church, they had unruly members. I'm thankful today that Gospel Lighthouse don't have unruly members. But this church in Thessalonica had unruly members, okay? And, 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 and they had embraced some false doctrines, okay, concerning the person and the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And they were trying to fundamentally alter the course of the church. They, was, they come preaching, as Paul said, another Jesus here. And, and it's important, hear, hear me, beloved, it's important what you believe and why you believe it. I said it's important what you believe and why you believe it. It's, it's more important what you believe that it lines up with the scriptures. Because you can be firm on what you believe and be firmly wrong. You can be wrong in your so it's important that our belief system fundamentally is surrounded by the word of God. Amen. Surrounded by the scriptures. You got listen, you got to be careful with people taking the Bible and creating new doctrines out of them. And then as they get a group of people that will follow them, you follow after that particular doctrine. Galatians chapter number one, verses six through twelve. Uh, Paul is exhorting the church at Galatia, and he's talking about just having one gospel. How many knows there's one gospel? He says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. That's strong language there. As we have said before, as I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. God is, 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 is wanting to protect his gospel in the earth. The gospel surrounds about who? Surrounded is surrounding about Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior. It's one gospel. How many knows that? It's not many, it's not a gospel of prosperity. It's not a gospel of gloom and doom. It's a gospel. The gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ came to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. How many knows he came to do for us? I couldn't die for my own sins. He had to send a propitiation, the satisfied sacrifice. Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. And I'm thankful today for this one gospel. I'm thankful today because I don't have to learn two gospels. I'm thankful today that I don't get confused on whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. So we have to preach one gospel and that Jesus Christ is the center of that gospel. Somebody say amen. We are gospel lighthouse. Jesus Christ is the center of this church. Therefore, he should be the center of Northeast. Amen. So. Our lives have to be, and I, I got to be careful because I can't get off and stray off today, but I want us to be clear today that there is one gospel of Jesus Christ in the earth. 
So this letter to the Thessalonians is a letter of alert. Look at your neighbor and say alert. This is a letter of alert. This is a letter for the church to understand, to be sober, to be vigilant, and to be watchful. And listen, I don't have time to go into that, but we need to be sober in this final hour. We need to be vigilant for our adversary. The devil is like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour, right? The Bible says seeking whom he may devour. So there are some people he cannot devour. I'm thankful today that the church of Jesus Christ cannot be devoured by Satan. That's important to understand because we oftentimes think that Satan is somehow going to swoop in. He's going to take over the world. Sin is going to run rampant. God's not in control. But how many knows God is faithful? Somebody say amen. God is faithful to his people. We've got to be sober in this final hour. So Paul writes to this church to encourage them to persevere in the face of the trials that they are looking for. So he writes to this church to address their concerns about the second coming of Jesus Christ. He talks to them about false teachers that had convinced many of them. The day of the Lord had already come and they had missed the rapture of the church spoken of in Paul's first letter in, in chapter number two, verses one through twelve. So he writes to challenge this church to deal with those in the number who refuse to walk in the Lord's commands. He wants them to discuss. This needs to be a discussion point. He challenges them to deal with it because it's important on what we believe. It's important why we believe it. Why would Paul do such a thing? Because Paul did not want the name of the Lord to be blasphemed. Paul wanted the name of the Lord to be exalted in all things at all times and in all places. And we are, listen, we are to be a good representation of Christ in the earth. How many knows that? We're to be a good representation of Christ. We are to be God's ambassadors on the earth speaking on his behalf. Everything about Paul's life spoke of Jesus Christ. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. And that should be the testimony of our heart today that as we follow in the walks in the, in, the, in the ways of the Lord that people would follow after us not that they're following us but they're following the Christ within us how many knows that we need to be good ambassadors in the earth this is important because when we go out to the restaurant here in a little bit we need to be a good ambassador when we go into our jobs on Monday we need to be good ambassadors when we go into the school system we need to be a good ambassador for Christ in the earth so there was much upheaval and the church was in a crisis and, and the true believers in Thessalonica needed a solid word of encouragement. They needed that. They needed something to hold on to. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever just simply needed a word of encouragement? Have you ever just needed somebody to come alongside of you and say everything is going to be alright? You just keep plugging away. You just keep putting foot, one foot in front of another. You just keep serving the Lord in the midst of all the trials that you've got. And listen, everything is going to be... Sometimes we just need a word of encouragement. So this is where the church was. And what I have found out in this life is that every one of us, at some point in our walk with God, many times in our walk with God, we will need some form of insurance. Some form of assurance in life. Everybody needs to be encouraged. Amen? Everybody needs to be encouraged. Everyone needs a pick-me-up. Everyone needs a solid word in difficult times. Everyone needs a reminder of His promises in our pain. Everyone needs the promises of God to be rehearsed in our mind and to be, and to be 
filtered through the mouth of another human being just trying to bring some encouragement to us. So there are times when you have to pull yourself together and to get your mind right and declare to yourself and to your family and to your body and to your mind and to your job and to your kids and to your church. In verse number three of the text, Paul says, the Lord is faithful. You got to declare these things because it doesn't always look like he's faithful. It doesn't always look like your children are serving the Lord. It doesn't always look like that healing's going to take place. It doesn't always look like that check's going to come in the mail. It doesn't always look like things are faithful, but the Bible says that the Lord is faithful. It's a guarantee. It's signed, sealed, and delivered. That was what the people in Thessalonica, they needed to hear, and it's what we need to hear today. And I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded at times of the fact that God is faithful from time to time. I need to be reminded of that. And I, and I don't know about you, but I need those things in my life. What, I, what I'm seeing doesn't always look right. It doesn't always look right. But what I'm feeling is everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. Why? Because God's faithful. And so number one, we see if you're taking notes today, he is faithful in his person. He is faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, he's faithful. Paul writes, the Lord is faithful. Say that to your neighbor right now. Say, the Lord is faithful. Is faithful. He is faithful. The implication is that faithfulness is synonymous with the very character of God himself. So God is the very picture of faithfulness. God is the very image. When you think about faithfulness, God is the very image of what faithfulness looks like. You can't get that mixed up and look at your spouse and think that they're faithful. Because sometimes we may not be faithful in all things. Sometimes life isn't always. Sometimes your work is not. Things are not always faithful. But God is the very picture in our life of faithfulness. Amen. So many other places in the Bible give us some insight into the character and the person of our Lord and Savior. For instance... You read about this in Deuteronomy chapter number four, verse 24. For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire. He's a jealous God. Deuteronomy 4 and 31 says that for the Lord thy God is a merciful God. How many is thankful for his mercy today? Deuteronomy 6 and 15 says for the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. How many knows he's not going to share his affections with anybody else? We understand in Deuteronomy 33 and 27, the eternal God is thy refuge. How many needs a refuge today? Somebody that you can run into and find safety, run into and find strength, run into and find hope, run into and find love and joy and peace. I'm thankful today that I have a refuge in Jesus Christ. Joshua chapter number one, verse number nine. We came out of the Joshua series a few weeks back. The Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Aren't you thankful today that he goes with you? I'm thankful today for that. Second Chronicles chapter number 30, verse number nine, for the Lord your God is gracious and he is merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return unto him. There's a guarantee there. If you will do this, he will do that. Somebody say amen. So Job chapter number 36 and verse number five says, behold, God is mighty and despises not any. He is mighty in strength and he's wisdom. Do you need strength today? Do you need wisdom today? He's who we need to turn to. Somebody say amen. 
Then we see in Psalm chapter number 46, verse number one, that God is our refuge. He's our strength. He's our very present help in time of trouble. Amen. We see in Psalm 47 and seven, for God is the king of all the earth. Psalm 54 and four says, behold, God is mine helper. How many needs a helper today? Psalm 68 and 20 says, he that is our God is the God of salvation. Psalm 99 and 9 says, for the Lord our God is holy. Somebody say amen. So then we see in Psalm 116 to 5, graciousness is the Lord and righteousness, yea, our God is merciful. Oh, I'm thankful today. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for his mercy that is renewed every single morning. Oh, I need it, don't you? Did you mess up last night? Did you mess up this morning? Did you need some type of renewal in your spirit? Did you need his mercies to be renewed in your life? I don't know about you, but I serve a faithful God. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, God is faithful. Come on, say it a little bit louder. Say, God is faithful. Say, God is faithful. God is faithful. Hallelujah. The word faithful in the New Testament refers to one who is trustworthy in the transacting of his business. The execution of his commands and the discharge of all of his duties. It speaks of firmness. It speaks of steadfastness. It speaks of steadiness. It speaks of one who keeps all of his promises. How many knows today that God is the great promise keeper? He keeps his promises. I'm thankful for that. The word identifies God as the faithful one. God is the faithful one. We serve God. We don't serve man. I'm thankful today that he's faithful. Our friends may not be faithful, but God is faithful. I said friends may not be faithful, but God's faithful. Family may not be faithful, but God is faithful. Your employer may not be faithful, but God is faithful. Look at your neighbor and say he's faithful. And that is why he is called the amen. The amen in the book of the Revelation chapter number 3 and 14 says he is the amen. He is the so be it. The, he is the end of story. He is the signed, sealed, and delivered thing in my life. He is the assurance that I have. He is the amen. He is the cherry on the top. He's everything. He's the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He's the alpha, the omega. He's the amen in my life. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. So he is, a, he is firm and he is faithful. He says in, in, in Malachi 3 and 6, he says, let it be and it is. He is the God who never changes. Aren't you thankful today that you don't have to try to figure out God once again? Sometimes God does some things that are very mysterious in our life, but all we got to do is go back to the Word of God and understand one thing. He is faithful. He will stand upon His promises. He will stand upon His Word. He is the God who never fails. He has always been and He ever will be the great I Am. Somebody say amen. He is the God who cannot be, He can be counted on. He is the God who will never be counted out. He is always faithful. He is always true. He is always righteous. He is always holy. He is always loving. He is always just. He's always the God that I need. He's my ever-present help in time of need. He's, it's the very essence of his character is faithfulness. Faithful. I don't know about you, but there's been times when I was faithless and he was faithful. There's been times in my life where I had to pick my lip up off the ground, pick my body up off the pavement and move on with God, realizing something. I may not have been faithful, but he's faithful and he will get me through. So number one, we see he is faithful in person. Number two, and I'm trying to move along quickly. He is faithful in his promises. He's faithful in his promises. Since God is faithful, he can be counted on to stand by his word. 
That's in Paul reminds the people at Thessalonica that God will establish them and keep them from evil. No weapon formed against them would be able to prosper in the name of the Lord. And when you understand that God will establish you and that God will keep you from evil, I don't know about you, but that lets me sleep a little bit better tonight. That makes me, listen, I don't need melatonin. I don't need Benadryl to go to sleep when I know God's got me under control. All I got to do is lay my head on my pillow and realize that God, the God of the universe, has got everything in control. He's got me in the palm of his hand. And listen, he's faithful to keep me in tour to the very end. He was able to establish my feet. He's able to keep anything, any weapon formed against me to prosper in the name of the Lord. Aren't you thankful for that today? The word keep means to guard. He guards. He's a guard. He's, 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 a, he's like a security guard. He, he, he watches on site. We have a police officer here today he, who is on guard everywhere he goes. He's on guard everywhere. His eyes are alert. His ears are alert. His emotions are on alert. Everywhere he goes is on alert. We have a God who's on alert at all times and in all places of our life. Why? Because God is faithful he's faithful today why because because he's faithful he he can be trusted to do what he said he's going to do and that is the biblical testimony to the faithfulness of God listen I think sometimes we have the idea that God doesn't know what he's doing and that he's bound to make some type of mistake in our life have you ever thought that before that you knew better than God have you ever thought that you had to just give God all the details that he wasn't going to know what was happening unless you just spilled it all out to him. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful today that God is faithful. And listen, he's not going to let anything happen to He's not going to put any more on us than we can bear. And I don't know about you, but listen, I, I'm here to endure this thing all the way to the end. Because I serve a faithful God. God's not going to make a mistake in your life. God's not about taking the test over again. We take the test over. We have to understand that we are not in experiment with God. We are not God's first rodeo. You're not God's first mess. Oh, I know sometimes we think we got it all together. But aren't we a mess sometimes? And aren't you thankful that you're not the only mess that God's ever had to deal with? That he has a track record of picking up messes and making them a message for him? I'm thankful today that I'm not the first one. Listen, I'm not the first experiment with God. You understand that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen, I think sometimes we cast a spirit of doubt upon ourselves. Listen, doubt is the devil's way of defeating you before you get started. Doubt is the way of defeating you before you get started. If the enemy can post doubt in your mind, then he's got you defeated out of the starting gate. But I don't know about you, but greater is he that is within me. I say greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. And you've got to stand on the faithfulness of God. Second Corinthians chapter number one, verse number 20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yea and amen unto the glory of God by us. Romans chapter number four, verse number 21 says, And being fully persuaded that what he has promised, he is able to therefore perform in our life. See, if God promised it, he will perform it. It will happen. It will come to pass. You know, how many ever uh, prayed for something a number of years ago 
And God answered that maybe even years or decades later. Amen? It wasn't a spontaneous answer. It was God was faithful all along, but He had to get us to a place of faithfulness in order to receive what God was putting in our life. Listen, sometimes we can receive the blessings of God, but if we're not in the right season, we won't even see it as a blessing from Him. We don't want to become... We don't want to become somebody who just simply receives the blessing but don't ever give back the praise unto our Lord. We want to keep an attitude and a heart of praise. God will stand by His Word. Psalm 138 and 2 says this, David said, I will worship toward the holy temple and praise Thy name for Thy loving kindness and for Thy truth. For Thou hast magnified Thy Word above all name. Listen, God's Word God is good on His Word today. I went to a church several years ago, and we came into this congregation. I was mesmerized, number one. The house was packed with people. That wasn't what was so mesmerizing, but what happened next was what was mesmerizing to me. The pastor at the time was a little bit of a different church. It's a Presbyterian church, and they had all the young people come up to the front, and I thought, oh, he's going to give them a Bible story. And he's going to talk to him. He was doing all these kind of weird things. And I don't want to go into all of what he was doing and saying and all of that. But the just of it was this. When he got done with the children, they went back and became seated in their seats. And he starts reading out of the reader's digest. We're in a church. And he's reading from the reader's digest. And what was mind-blowing to me, that there was people far more my senior in the building, that they was eating it up like a kid in a candy store. And I thought to myself for the moment, I thought, what if the people really was consuming the Word of God today? How hungry would they be? Would they be like the 5,000 and the 4,000 that that Jesus broke the five loaves and the two fishes and they were just so hungry physically, but yet in a spiritual realm, these people would be hungry more in, in a spiritual way if the Word of God was truly being preached in that place. Listen, I believe today that we, if we don't preach nothing, preach Christ. We can preach a lot of things, but we need to preach Christ. We don't need to preach the Reader's Digest. I don't care what's going on in the Reader's Digest. I don't care what's going on in Time Magazine. I don't care what's going on in the TV guy. I don't care what's going on in Sports Illustrated or none of that. Listen, I want to say something today. If your vocabulary is more about sports than it is about the Word of God, you have missed the mark. I don't know who that's for today, but if your vocabulary speaks more about what the the chiefs are doing versus what the chief cornerstone is doing, then you have missed the mark. We've got to get in a position where we are hunger and thirsting for the word of almighty God. God's good on his word. Somebody say amen. You understand that God is not like us. He's not like us. We, we make our promises and we can't always keep them. We can't always stand beside or behind our very promises. God is not like us at all. What He says He will do, He will do. Because He cannot lie. Right? Numbers chapter number 23 and verse number 19 says, God is not a man that He should lie, nor the Son of Man that He should repent. He, he has said that He shall not, shall He not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make good on that thing? He spoke it, he's good on his word. And regardless of the realm of life, the Lord, listen, of where we are in our life, the Lord can be trusted to stand by his promises. He can be trusted to stand by his promises. 
We read about it in several verses of the Bible, but we understand that He will save you if you will commit your life to Jesus Christ. He stands on that promise according to Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 9. He stands on that promise. In John chapter number 6, He will keep you and take you to heaven when your life is over, if your life is committed to Him. See, I have been to funerals before where the people, the family members are trying to get me to usher their very family into heaven. They died of a drug overdose, and I'm not being judgmental as a pastor today. But I'm saying people have a misconception of who God is, what He's all about, and what heaven's all about. They think everybody's going to make it to heaven. How many know it's only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that you're going to make it to heaven? And He's paved the way, one name under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved, and it's in the name of Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 33 says, He will hear you and He will, if you will call upon Him. Matthew chapter number 6 says He will meet you and He will meet your very needs. 2 Corinthians 12 says He will give you grace sufficient for every trial that you will endure. Philippians chapter number 4, He will give you His peace in the midst of every circumstance of life. Matthew chapter number 28 and Hebrews 13, He will walk with you every step of the way for His glory. He will walk with us. He will keep every promise that He has made in His Word. That is important for us. So number one, we know that He is faithful in person. Number two, we know that He is faithful in His promises. Number three, we know that He is faithful in His performance. He's faithful in performing in our life. We do not have a record of how the Lord honored His promises to the church at Thessalonica. We don't have a record of how He did it. But we have the confidence that He did After all, just as surely as God is, listen, as God is love, God is faithful. The Bible has much to say about the faithfulness of God. And we need to be reminded because the enemy will take us through various trials and he will put our faithfulness on trial. So the Bible has much to say about the faithfulness of God. And let me just share a few passages with you here in just a few moments. But here's what I want to say. Somebody needs to hear this because... uh, You don't see God working in your situation and you perceive Him to be afar off. You see God as out there and distant. You see God as... uh, I ministered to a young lady here a couple years ago that was sitting outside of our church and she had just shot up with, with a needle. I don't know what she ingested into her body. I have an idea. I won't mention that. But nevertheless, she was sitting there and I was talking to this young lady. And she, she, she had a beautiful countenance about her. I could tell at one time she used to serve the Lord. Indeed, indeed, she did. Her daddy was a pastor. And as I was talking to this young lady, I went and got her a bottle of water. It was really hot outside. She had just, I could see the trails up and down her arm. And I talked to her about the faithfulness of God. I talked to her about the goodness of God. I talked to her about the love of God. I talked to her about the peace of God, the joy of God. I talked to her about all the goodness of the Lord. I talked to her all about that. And I said, do you believe God is good? She said, yes. I've seen many signs. I've seen many wonders. I grew up Pentecostal. I've seen God heal people and deliver people and all these things. So, So we had talked for a good period of time. But at the end, I asked her the question, do you believe it can happen for you? And she said, no, I don't. See, what people need is a steady dose of the faithfulness of God in their life. In every area of our walk with God, and sometimes we can't see it for ourselves. 
But we can see the faithfulness of God. You may be asking the Lord for a healing in your body today and you see other people being healed. Listen, that is God saying, I'm faithful in the healing. And if I did it for them, I can do it for you. I've no respect of persons. You may be needing joy in your life today. And you may say, I just need something that he's got. He's real giddy today. He's just really smiley and got it all together. Seems like his marriage is good. His life is good. His job is good. His money is good. All this. What you need is a good steady of joy. God can deliver on that because God is faithful. And people got to be able to see that though this young lady could not grasp it and I could not talk her off the lid, she could see it for everybody else. And here's where the enemy puts us because you can see it for everyone else, but you can't see it for yourself. It's blinders. But I need you to understand that God is faithful. He is not afar off. His ear is keen to hearing His people. So, so while I was preparing last night, even in the early morning, God said to me to tell my people, I've got an induced season blessing coming. An in-due season blessing coming. Here's the last part He gave me, if you don't faint. There is a blessing on the horizon. See, sometimes we get it twisted. We think the blessing is about financial. And indeed, there's some people in this place that you need a financial miracle. But I can tell you, I would give up all the money in the world to just have some peace in my life. Some joy in my life. Some people don't need money. They need peace. Because you can have all the money in the world and be falling to pieces. So I need God to show up and be a blessing in my life in a time when I need peace. In the middle of the storm, I need peace. And so God said to tell my people that in due season, I've got a blessing coming in due season if you do not faint. What is a season? Season is short. Season is, is a time frame. We don't know what that looks like in our life. But if we don't faint, God's got something on the horizon for us in short while. How many is ready to receive that today? Why? Because God's faithful. Look at your neighbor and say he's faithful. Look at your other neighbor and say he's faithful. His faithfulness is unlimited. His faithfulness is unlimited. We see this in Psalm chapter number 36, verse 5. Thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. An unlimitless amount of faithfulness. We see in Psalm 80, 89 and 33, His faithfulness is unfailing. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from Him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. His faithfulness will not fail. His faithfulness is abounding. We see this in Lamentations chapter number 3. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because His compassions fail not. They are new every single morning. Great is thy faithfulness. He is faithful to help His people. We see it in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. There hath no temptation taken us except that which is common, but God is faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, He's faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above which you are able, but with every temptation will provide a way of escape that you shall be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. He is faithful to help his people. He is faithful to those he saves. 1 Thessalonians 5. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. We talked about that word last week, holy. And I pray God who 
who is whole in spirit and your body and soul be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Faithful is he. I got a couple more and then I'm going to move on to a close here. First John chapter number one, verse number nine. He is faithful in his forgiveness of sins. Aren't you thankful for that today? The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm thankful today that I serve a faithful God. I'm thankful today that he is faithful. What does this mean for us? It is simply a reminder that regardless of what happens in life, and life will happen. Life will come hard at you. Life will come fast at you. Life will come swift at you. Life will come spinning like a hundred mile an hour fastball that you didn't see at times. You may feel like you have struck it out. But listen, God is faithful today. He's faithful. Listen, friends will fail, but God is faithful. Family will fail, but God is faithful. Funds will fail, but God is faithful. Feelings will fail, but God is faithful. Your faith even times will fail, but God is faithful. God is faithful. Look at your neighbor and say he's faithful. He's faithful. I'm closing here. God is faithful. Sister Delaney, would you come please? Thank you. God is faithful. When Noah built the ark to the saving of his house, God was faithful. It was God who shut the door, you remember? The animals went in two by two and God shut the door. Why? Because God said He's faithful. When everybody else was mocking Noah and saying, what is, what, what is this about this flood? What is going to happen? We've never seen rain upon the earth. People were mocking and scoffing at Him. God was faithful in the midst of it. Every stroke of that saw, God was faithful. Building that ark. When Abraham and Sarah could not have a child, God was faithful. I know Tara and I can understand and, and we can relate to this because we struggled for four and a half years and you wouldn't think so today we're having six children. <laughs> but God was faithful to Abraham and Sarah. When Joseph found himself in a pit, God was faithful. When he said, "What well, my brothers meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. What he was saying is, is that my God is faithful. That no matter what comes my way. When David went out to fight the Philistine, God was faithful. See, I want you to understand something. You see faithfulness all throughout. This is the track record of our Lord and Savior. This is the track record of our God. When Ruth lost her husband, God was faithful. When Esther became king, God was faithful. Or queen, God, be, God was faithful. When Daniel found himself in a lion's den, God was faithful. When the three Hebrew boys found themselves in the fiery furnace, God was faithful. When Jonah ran from God, God was still faithful. When Rahab needed rescuing, God was faithful. When Hosea the prophet married an unfaithful wife, God was faithful. When Jezebel had the prophet Elijah on the run, God was faithful. When Peter stepped out of the boat and he began to sink, God was faithful. When the 5,000 had no food and all the markets were closed, God was faithful. 
When the blind man showed up, God was faithful. When the man that had the deaf ears showed up, God was faithful. When Lazarus was dead, God was faithful. When Saul was on the road to Damascus, God was faithful. When Jesus lay in the tomb for three days, God was faithful to resurrect him up out of that grave. And listen, I'm here to tell you today that we serve the same God. Today. You, you, you do what God has called you to do and God will remain faithful. Every single one of these men and women just followed the Lord and they seen God work and operate in faithfulness. One person said it like this, you be you, I'll be me, and let God be God. God's faithful. Let's stand to our feet today. I want you to get down in your spirit that he has a record of faithfulness. Close your eyes just for a few moments as Sister Delana plays. I wonder if there's some people in this building today that you say, Pastor... I'm struggling with my faith today. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. See, if the enemy can steal anything from you, he would love to steal your faith, your trust, your belief in God. Your belief that he's able to do it. Not just that he's able to do it for somebody else like this woman that I mentioned outside that I was able to minister to. But you need to understand that God is faithful to minister to you in your need, in your way, your capacity. Whatever you need today, God is faithful to deliver upon that. Why? Because He's faithful. So with every head bowed and every eye closed for just a few moments, i got a question I want to ask you today. Are you struggling in your faith? With nobody looking around for just a few moments. Is it, are you struggling in your faith today? Just lift your hand up and back down. I see that one. Anybody else? I, I see that hand. Anyone else? I see that hand. Any, anybody else? You need you, you need God to show up in your you you need God to show Himself real to you in a certain way. But listen, what I want you to understand is that you, in the midst of God, before He performs that thing, you need to remain faithful. See, a good strong marriage is a marriage of faithfulness. God is faithful. We are the bride and He is the husbandman. And I'm telling you today that we got to remain faithful. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. That is speaking of faithfulness. See, we can't just start the race and leave off along the way. The Bible says it's not who starts, but it's who finishes his thing. And we have to finish and we have to walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes you've got to walk with your eyes closed and not look at what's in front of you, not look at that doctor's report, not look at those children that are wayward and those grandchildren that are wayward. You've got to walk with God by faith because He is faithful. The Bible says you train those children up in the way that they should go. When they get old, they won't depart from it. But here's the part that we struggle with. In the middle, sometimes they drift. When they get old, they won't depart. Oh, I've, I've been able to minister to a lot of people that, that have had some deathbed salvation. Somebody said, Pastor, do you believe in deathbed? I said, listen, I believe anybody that repents and believes the gospel is saved by the grace and the mercy of God. So I want you to understand, I want you to stand on God's faithfulness today. Stand on God's promises today. When the devil tries to strip your mind of those things and say, well, you ain't seeing nothing yet. Listen, you got to do like Peter. And sometimes you got to walk out in the midst of the storm and say, Lord, bid me to come. Here I come, Lord. 
I can't see it, but I'm coming. I, I don't understand everything. The winds are tempest-tossed. The rains are pouring upon my head. But God, I'm coming your way because you are faithful. And I've got to run into the arms of a faithful God. I don't know about you, but there's times when I have failed miserably and I've thought to myself, the Lord has given up on me. There's no way he could use a person. There's no way he could use a wretch like me. But God, in return, shows that he's faithful to his people. If we will just confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why? Because he's faithful. He is faithful. Oh, hallelujah. I just feel that in my spirit for somebody right now. You are struggling and you just need an assurance. You need that blessed assurance today that God is faithful. What is it? What's blowing around you? What is that noise in your ears? You need to let the voice of God be louder than anything that's around you to understand today and hear this preacher, hear this pastor today that God is faithful. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to just step into the aisles and I want us to join hands. Everybody, if you're able to, just grab hold of some hands of the person across the aisle. If you don't have anybody across, just join hands. Somebody that's around you. Listen, there's several of you in this room today that are struggling in your faith. You're going through some trials sometimes. But what I want you to do right now is look to your right and to your left. I want you to just look around for just a few. We don't really advocate this type of thing in church, but I'd like for you to just look around for just a few moments. Look around at everybody around you. Listen, every person in this building is going through some type of a storm, some type of a trial, some type of a situation. It could be physically, it could be mentally, it could be emotionally, it could be spiritually, it could be financially, but every single person is going through something right now. But here's what I want you to also see. They're still standing. And sometimes we've been through some difficult stuff. We've messed up. God has offered grace to our situation and now He's going to remain faithful all the way to the end. He has cast our sin. Listen, I want you... Those of you that have condemnation upon your heart right now for some things that you've done, if you have repented of that sin, cast that thing. God has cast it as far as the east is to the west, never to be brought up again before you. Listen, rest in the arms of God right now in His grace and His mercy and His peace and His joy and His love. Rest in that for just a few moments. Because I don't know about you, I, I, I feel like I'm fairly good at being a Christian, but I was good at being in the world. And I'm thankful God put all that aside for me and cast that away from me. And I'm thankful today that I've got God to hold on to. I'm thankful I got His faithfulness to hold on to right now. So with hands held and hearts high right now, we just pray to God. Lord, I thank you today for everyone that's around us. I'm thankful today the brothers and sisters that were joining hands together in this house. I'm thankful today, God, because you have remained faithful in our life. You've remained faithful in our circumstance. You remain faithful in all things, Lord, right now. And I ask you, Lord, to touch the hearts. I pray a peace that would swoop in across this place that passes understanding that we don't we don't know where it came from. We don't. All we know is that you're sending that peace right now. All we know is right now, God, we need the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, to be able to pick our foot up and put it back down at some God, we need your joy. We need your peace. We need your loving kindness. 
We need to wrap you in the shadow. We need to be wrapped in the shadow of your wings of the Almighty right now. God, I feel that. I thank you for the love and the joy and the peace, the kindness, the gentleness that you have expressed to me today. I'm thankful today for your faithfulness and your loving kindness. Hallelujah. Real quickly, I, I just want to say this real quick. My mother, for a number of years, prayed for my dad. Most of you know, I've mentioned the testimony. My daddy was an alcoholic for 25, almost 30 years. And he struggled with alcoholism really, really bad. And my mother, when she would come to church, when, when she could, she was tired, she would be worn out, she worked rotating shifts, 12-hour shifts. And she struggled to get to church at times. But when she would come, she always would pray for my daddy. Always, every time the altars were opened up, she would raise her hand. I need prayer. I want to pray for him. She would pray, take prayer across home and put it in his pillow. She would do different things. She prayed for a number of years. And God, after 20-plus odd years, answered that prayer. And I want to tell somebody right now that just keep praying, keep seeking God because He hears your cries. And here's the thing, He hears your prayers, the Bible said. And the, as we read in the book of Thessalonians today, as Paul was ministering to the church, he said, God is faithful. He's faithful to answer that thing. In due season. You say, Pastor, how's it all going to come about? I don't know that anybody's going to be able to figure it out. But God's got it worked out. And we just need to let Him do His thing and remain faithful. Come on, let's lift both hands up toward heaven right now as we release this service. Father, I thank You today. In Jesus' name. I pray an enduring spirit would sweep over every generation in this house. Lord, those that have been serving the Lord for 50, 60 years or more, for those that may even be a new or a young child today, those that are newcomers or young children, Lord, all the days of their life they would serve you in faithfulness. Lord, that we wouldn't walk out on you, we wouldn't leave you aside, we would just press in and push forward and know something that we, if we remain faithful, you are faithful in your word to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Come on.